You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Week in Review. Here are your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome back to the Collegian Week in Review, where we give you an inside look into Michigan's oldest college newspaper. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. And today we'll be talking to Logan Washburn about a couple stories he wrote, one about the groundbreaking of a recent construction project on campus, as well as a story about a local couple arrested on charges related to the January 6th incident of 2021. Then we'll be talking to Elizabeth Troutman about how Hillsdale placed on some free speech rankings that came out recently. And then we'll be talking to Emma Verini about the 50th anniversary of WIP. But first, Lauren and I will discuss some of the top headlines and stories in the Collegian this week. So the first thing that we have in the Collegian is... Even before the stories, we have a very lovely picture of the Hillsdale County Fair. Yay! I'm actually going to the fair tonight. Excellent. Yeah, pretty exciting. The Hillsdale County Fair, often referred to as the most popular fair on earth, so I've heard. I like to go every year and get a lot of fried food. Fried food is a beautiful thing. Yeah, and it's also just cool to see the mix of a lot of people from the community and the college come together. It's something that both groups love and can enjoy. Yeah, I think it's very important. Speaking of the college, our top story of the week is about the commencement speaker for the 2024 commencement ceremony. That's our ceremony. It sure is. We will be out of here after that. Uh, But the speaker this year is going to be Pat Sajak, who is the chairman of the board of trustees at Hillsdale and obviously the longtime Wheel of Fortune host. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. I was getting ready on Wednesday morning and I saw the email and I immediately sent the news to my family group chat. And my parents were really excited about seeing him and they're like, oh my goodness, we're going to be there. We'll get to hear his speech. And so I think that, I mean, obviously, um, as the reporter said in the article, he is a man of really great integrity, um, great values, but also he's just someone who is well known for being a great host of a television show. And so it's cool in the fact that not only is he a great person and he stands for a lot of the same values that Hillsdale defends, but he's also a really well-known figure. Yeah, and he's also spent a lot of time in service of the college, so that's really special. We've got some interesting stuff in the city news section too. Tell, tell me more about that, Lauren. So our top story this week is about a Hillsdale couple arrested for charges relating to the January 6th riot. But Logan will talk about that later in the episode. Another story that we had this week is about a scarecrow fest coming to Hillsdale on Friday the 13th, which will obviously be October 13th. But I think it's kind of fun that the date with this event aligns with Friday the 13th. Yeah, what what's the deal with this event? Like what's going on with it? So a couple of Hillsdale businesses, uh, specifically the Don Theater, the Hillsdale Brewing Company, and Here's to You Pub and Grub, are putting on uh, an event for the community. And uh, we talked to the general manager of the Don Theater, Gianna Green, and she said that uh, she was just talking with some of her friends who also own businesses in town, and they just wanted to do something to celebrate fall with the community. So that's kind of where this idea came about. What are some other interesting stories in the city section, Lauren? 
Well, the Hillsdale Heritage Association is hosting a raffle fundraiser, um, and that will take place on September 30th at the Dawn Theater. And the money raised at this event will help fund a new mural that will be in downtown Hillsdale. Um, If you've ever been in downtown Hillsdale and you see the large Welcome to Historic Hillsdale sign, the Heritage Foundation also helped get that sign for the city. And the new mural that this event is raising money for will be a three-panel mural, which means it will consist of like three different paintings, like three different pictures, but they're all relating to trains coming to Hillsdale just in different settings. Sounds pretty cool. When are those going to be up? I spoke to one of the board members at the Heritage Association, and their hope is that the mural will be completed by summer of 2024. They have to raise about $15,000 to fund that, um, and it'll be painted by uh, a local Hillsdale artist, actually, so that's pretty exciting. That's enough from us for now. We'll be back here soon with our guests. Bye! The Collegian Weekend Review continues. This is Maddie, and I'm here with Logan Washburn, the associate editor of The Collegian. And this week, he wrote a couple of stories. First, I'm going to talk to him about a story about the uh, groundbreaking for the Phi Sigma Epsilon Pavilion that happened this past Saturday. Logan, tell me a little bit more about this story. Hi, Maddie. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, Yeah, so I attended the groundbreaking. It was really cool to see everyone gathered there. Um, There were lots of alumni of the fraternity. Um, It's no longer active on campus. So they all kind of use this as a reunion. A lot of them were wearing hats with Phi Sigma Epsilon on it. Um, And yeah, there were lots of staff and students from the college there as well. So it was a really special time. And um, they were very excited to partner with the administration on this. What is the sort of background and significance of this pavilion? So Phi Sigma Epsilon was a fraternity on campus in the 1980s, um, much before that. But in the 80s is when it had financial issues and it eventually got absorbed into another fraternity that's no longer around. But every year they go back to that lot and kind of have a reunion around homecoming. Um, the Arns connected with them that way. Penny Arm brought them firewood one night as they were all camped out in the lot um, in the year 2000. So they've been a part of this college community for a while, even after they disbanded. Um, but the significance of the pavilion, where that comes in, is when the class of 2022 um, wanted to donate something for um, their senior gift. They initially had this idea, but it took a while to get things in a row for fundraising. And so that's where Phi Sigma Epsilon came in. And their network of alumni decided to raise money and the school decided to pitch in for the rest. What are the features of this pavilion going to be? So the pavilion is going to have an outdoor seating area, um, a small kitchenette, kind of warming kitchen is how they described it. Um and it will have an indoor conference room. Um, It'll also have a fireplace that everything kind of revolves around, 
And I believe that's going to be named after Phi Sigma Epsilon. But I think the entire pavilion is going to bear that name as well. What did the people that you talked to have to say about this project? Um, yeah, they're all very excited. So college president Larry Arn gave a speech at the groundbreaking. He talked about it as a continuation of um, the fraternity's presence on campus. And not just that, but um, an embodiment of the true meaning of friendship. Because all these different um, groups were coming together and wanted to create something meaningful in that lot. So um, they were very excited about that. Um, there were lots of alumni, as I mentioned, from the fraternity that spoke there as well. Um, so they all just were essentially saying that they had worked on the project for many years. I think it first came up at a chapter meeting in 2016. And they pitched it to the administration. And after a few years of working together, they were able to get the money together and um, coordinate this project along with the class of 2022. When do they plan to have it completed? Do you know? Um, they're not quite sure of when it's going to be completed, but sometime in 2024 is the general window. And they've already broken ground on the site. All right. Thanks for sharing, Logan. I'm going to pass you on to Lauren to talk about another story. Logan wrote a story for the City News section this week about a Hillsdale couple who was arrested uh, because they have charges against them concerning the January 6th Capitol riot. So, Logan, tell me what you learned when you were writing this piece about the local Hillsdale couple. Yeah, Dustin and Carla Adams were arrested by the FBI for their um, alleged participation in the January 6, 2021 U.S. Capitol riot. Um, I spoke to their attorney, Darren Wisely, who essentially told me how this whole thing played out. Um, there were some social media posts um, that were detailed in a criminal complaint that allegedly showed the couple inside the U.S. Capitol and outside the Capitol at the time of the riot. Um, so what happened is that the FBI called Darren Wisely's office um, and then he did some coordinating and communicating with the prosecutor who's handling the case and they set up a time to go meet in Grand Rapids. And so they went to the um, federal building up there um, that Adams wanted to voluntarily surrender and so Wisely went with them as they did that. They went through pre-trial processes um, and things of that nature, and they had another initial hearing on Tuesday. Um, the trial has since been transferred to a court in Washington, D.C., a federal court, um, because that's the jurisdiction where um, the crimes allegedly happened. The, the couple voluntarily surrendered, and they were released without having to pay bond. Can you tell me about the charges? So... This couple essentially faced four charges. Um, Wisely said they were boilerplate for anyone who is involved in the Capitol riot, but didn't um, necessarily partake in explicitly violent behavior. So um, the charges essentially relate to being present on Capitol property and protesting, um, essentially causing disruption in a restricted zone. So um, yeah, there are four charges that essentially lay that out. And it violates U.S. law to cross any of those. Did the Adams couple travel to D.C. in a group? 
Yeah, they did. Um, the Hillsdale County Republican Party at the time um, sent two buses to the January 6th event in D.C. Um, so the Adams traveled on board those buses. And um, Penny Swan, who used to be a member of that party, but um, due, to the, due to the recent party schism, she has um, since left. But she said she was there when the buses departed. Um, and she said that her hope is that the courts work this all out. All right, Logan, well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on the show, Lauren. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. This is Maddie, and I am here with Elizabeth Troutman, the editor-in-chief of The Collegian and former co-host of The Collegian Week in Review. Fun fact. Um, And today I'm here to talk to Elizabeth about a story that she wrote about how Hillsdale did in some recent rankings put out by FIRE. First of all, tell me what FIRE is. Thank you for having me, Maddie. FIRE is the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, and it surveys more than 250 colleges and universities on questions about the state of free speech on their campus. So FIRE surveyed about 180 Hillsdale students um, last year for this survey. That's about 10% of Hillsdale student body and asked them questions about if they feel comfortable expressing their views on campus, tolerance for various viewpoints, liberal and conservative, um, opposition to any speakers that may have come, that kind of thing. And in almost all of the categories, Hillsdale got an excellent score, one of the highest scores on the list. If you look at the highest score in the list, the highest school in the list, Michigan Tech, a lot of the categories, it had numbers like 57, 58, 70, 100, even in the hundreds. And Hillsdale was in the first category, meaning it was the, the highest score for those things. So Hillsdale did really, really well as far as student perception of free speech on campus goes. But Fire gave Hillsdale a warning label. This does not relate to how students viewed the school, but is due to some of the college's policies that limit inappropriate behavior, inappropriate comments, expression, social media usage, that sort of thing. Um, Hillsdale requires that students kind of live according to somewhat of a Christian moral code and Fire took issue with that and gave Hillsdale a warning label, which bumped Hillsdale's score down 20 points and put it in a category with actually all other religious schools, got mostly Christian schools and one Mormon school. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So there were six schools that had the warning, right? And there were all these Christian schools. Yes. So something that a Hillsdale professor thinks would is kind of the problem here is that Fire doesn't maybe doesn't know how to deal with Christian schools because they're all going to have some sort of moral moral code requirement, um, and that's something that they're totally allowed to do. Private institutions are allowed to require some sort of moral code, and this doesn't mean that Hillsdale students aren't allowed to express their beliefs or speak freely on campus. It just means that students are held to a certain standard when they sign the honor code, which is something they chose to do. So the ranking makes it look like Hillsdale maybe is a very dangerous place for free speech when, in fact, it's just the honor code requires moral conduct. What did the people that you talked to, whether at FIRE or at Hillsdale, have to say about this? 
So FIRE said that it's important for parents who are looking into colleges or students looking into colleges that they see that there are forms of there are things that Hillsdale values more than free speech, which is that Christian moral conduct that I mentioned, and that the student perception doesn't have anything to do with this. It's just a totally separate category. So that's what they said. And then Hillsdale itself, the PR department said that um, regardless of this, Hillsdale is a place where free speech flourishes. If you actually talk to students around campus, um, you'll hear great reviews of free speech. I think people, liberals, conservatives, even religious differences, everyone kind of has a civil discourse here. And even though there is definitely a majority viewpoint, I think people are hopefully generally willing to accept each other's opinions. And so it seems like FIRE's perception of Hillsdale really doesn't match up with the way students view it, which is a little bit sad. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to The Collegian Week in Review. This is Lauren, and I'm here with Emma Verini. She is a Collegian reporter. This week, she wrote a story about the 50th anniversary of WHIP. So, Emma, thank you for joining us. First, start off by telling me, what is WHIP, and why is it special that it has lasted for 50 years? Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me on. Um, so WIP is a program in which students at Hillsdale can go to Washington, D.C. for a semester and do an internship while taking classes at night. That's been going on for 50 years as of recently. And um, it's definitely important because it's one of the main attractions to Hillsdale at this point. A lot of students actually end up deciding to come to Hillsdale because of the excellent internship program that we have in D.C. So that's been going on for a long time, and a lot of students have made a lot of memories doing that. Did you talk to any students who have participated in the internship program? Yeah, so I actually got the chance to talk to um, some recent WIP students and also one of the students who was on the very first WIP class ever 50 years ago named um, Mr. Tucker Watkins. Wow, that's pretty mm -hmm. neat. What Did he have any fun stories to tell about? how WIP was whenever he had the chance to participate and how it's, you know, different or the same now? Well, some things have certainly remained the same. The classes were very rigorous at G Georgetown University, which is where WIP students used to take their classes. Things were different in that they didn't have the Hillsdale House to stay at and they didn't have the Van Andel School um, to study. So they were living in a townhouse it was still on the hill, but it wasn't the Hillsdale House. Um, transportation was also a little bit more of a difficulty for them. Um, they had to get from their internship to their classes and to their housing, and those were all in three completely different places. So that was definitely something that was different for them as well. What are some of the unique experiences that students got to have who went on WIT? Sure. Um, one that I certainly can recall uh, just off the top of my head is one that um, Noah Weinreich, who was class of 2018, had. He was able to attend Trump's inauguration and then discuss that in his politics class with his professor and peers, which I thought was really cool that they were able to be in D.C. during the inauguration and be able to talk about it in their classes, you know, for credit. Did students or administration do anything to celebrate the anniversary? 
Yes. Um, there was a celebration in Washington, D.C. at the Van Andel School. So it was filled with alumni from different decades since the 1970s that did WIP. Also current WIP students and um, some friends of the college were there as well. And there were WIP students from each decade and they did a toast to the program. And that was last week. For a college the size of Hillsdale, being pretty small, why is it special that we have such a successful internship program? Well, it's definitely not something you would expect from a college the size of Hillsdale. I mean, we only have, what, somewhere around 2,000 students, and yet we have this excellent program that attracts people from across the country to come and be able to do an internship and take classes for credit. So um, it's definitely... It's definitely not something you would expect, but it's it's amazing that we have the resources that we do and also the um, dedicated staff that are in D.C. and the professors that we have that are able to make the program possible. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Emma. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. You can find The Collegian online at hillsdalecollegian.com or on Instagram at hillsdalecollegian. You can also find previous episodes of The Collegian Week in Review online at cwir.transistor.fm. Once again, you've been listening to The Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.